You're listening to Gospel-Centered Rest, a podcast by Grace Bible Church in Cambridge, Ontario, dealing with topics of life and theology, and how Christ's promise of rest for the weary and the heavy laden gives us strength for today and hope for tomorrow. And today, I have a special guest in our podcast studio, Dr. Roger Pascal. Roger, so thankful to have you here with us today, and welcome to our podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. Well, we are certainly glad to have you with us. Uh, well, in today's episode, Dr. Pascal is going to take a moment, tell us a little bit about himself, about his life, his ministry, his family. But then also, we're going to be discussing the role of preaching and the role of the sermon uh, on Sunday morning in the believer's life. And this is something that uh, Dr. Pascal has spent a lot of time uh, working and helping train other pastors and helping congregations understand um, more of the insight into what the scripture has to say about how, why, why a sermon is important, why, why preaching is important in the local church. So we look forward to this discussion here, here today. Now also, Dr. Pascoe is going to be preaching here at Grace Bible Church on Sunday. So we also look forward to hearing his ministry in the Word as we look at Galatians chapter 4, verse 19 together. Now to begin our time together today, uh, Dr. Pascoe, would you mind just taking a moment and telling us a little bit about yourself, about your life, about your ministry, and how the Lord has led you to where you are today and the things that you're involved in? Uh, yes, I'd be happy to do that. Uh, well, I was raised in a Christian home, uh, born in England, brought up there till I was 18, and then came to Canada uh, with my uh, parents, my family. Um, I've been married now for uh, 51 years in August, and um, we have two grown children married with uh, families yeah. uh, right in the Kitchener-Waterloo area, so we're happy to have them close by. And um, so for the uh, about 20 years, I ministered in a small church um, here in Cambridge uh, on a bivocational basis. In other words, I had to work you know, to earn my living, as well as uh, pa- help to pastor the church. And then uh, after that period of time, yeah. for, for the last almost uh, 25 years now, uh, I've been in full-time ministry. Um, I went back to school uh, as an older student and um, did a Master of Theological Studies degree and then a Doctor of Ministry in, in exp- uh, Expository Preaching. And uh, had the privilege of pastoring Calvary Baptist Church in Woodbridge, just north of uh, Toronto there, for a few years. But now for the last 20 years, I've served a ministry called the Institute for Biblical Preaching. Um, We're focused on teaching and encouraging pastors around the world. And uh, it really has several components to it. Um, Timothy Institutes is what we call our actual pastors' conferences where when we were able to do it in person, uh, pastors would come, and um, we tra- I traveled to uh, Ukraine and uh, Roma- Ukraine many times, Romania many times, and Spain and Italy, and then Malawi and Zambia and Burkina Faso, and of course the U.S. and Canada, and um, had a lot of wonderful right. times teaching right. pastors yeah. in conferences. Um, now, of course, I can't do that, so any, any training we do, uh, in person is that, well, isn't done in person, but is done by Zoom. Um, so there's the Timothy Institutes. Uh, I have online publications that are hosted at Bible.org. Um, I publish what we call a Net Pastors Journal. It's a quarterly journal. 
which we publish in uh, five languages, in English, French, uh, Russian, Romanian, and Chinese. And um, that comes out every quarter, and then um, other, at other periods of time, theological articles and sermons that I uh, publish online for all of this for the benefit of pastors and evangelists and missionaries around the world that we yeah. uh, minister to. And God in his grace has um, made that online publishing ministry far, far bigger than I would have ever imagined. And as of this year, we, we have had, since we started it in 2011, uh, we've had 1.4 million reads of our documents online. And then uh, we have a weekly publication called Word of Encouragement that goes out in French for the pastors in Burkina Faso, a little West African country where uh, I've done a lot of work over the last uh, 10 or 11 years. Uh, that's a publication that started with a distribution of 50. It now has 200 pastors that uh, receive that every week. A weekly radio program called Transforming Grace. And then mentoring and encouraging pastors as, as the need is. So that's, that's, that's what my life is like. So I thought you were retired. Yeah, that's what <laughs> some of my friends have said. So are you yeah. retired? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. How, how can you, though, retire from ministry, right? When you're, you're doing what you, what you love and serving the Lord and you continue to be involved and serving in different ways. Well, and particularly that at this time of my life, God has uh, orchestrated it that I can do the bulk of my work from my office in my home. Yeah. And uh, so I, I consider that to be a great privilege. Yeah. So for the last 12 of those 20 years that I've been serving uh, the Institute for Biblical Preaching, 12 of those I served as an associate pastor at um, Hesler Baptist Church mm. and uh, enjoyed those uh, years a lot. Stepped down from that at the end of uh, October, I guess it was, in 2019. Mm. And um, as an outgrowth of my ministry to pastors, um, particularly as I started to visit uh, Burkina Faso, as an outgrowth of that, in 2012, I was privileged to co-found the Gampella Center for Christian Education in Burkina Faso, um, which now has 400 students in our Christian school. Wow. We have 300 uh, kids in our preschool program, um, a medical clinic, and we're just starting a vocational trade school for young adults to learn skills that they can uh, earn a living from. And, of course, we have a church there as well, which has already planted another church. And so that's been a busy place. Yeah, yeah. So the website, is there a website people can go to if they want to look at a little bit more about the Institute of Biblical Preaching? Uh, there isn't. There isn't. I, I know I had a website for yeah. many years. Um, it really only acted as a uh, brochure. Right. Yeah. You know, for what I would teach. Yeah. And um, so uh, I didn't feel like I needed to maintain that. Sure, sure. Well, we are privileged to have you here. Uh, Roger, as I've been very excited about um, just getting some time with you, knowing your, knowing your background a little bit and a little bit about where your heart is uh, with the local church and uh, how you've really, you've spent a lot of time committing yourself to not just studying the dare we say the art and science of preaching and, and expository preaching, but also um, also helping others, other pastors, other churches around the world um, with the whole area of preaching. And so that's why I think it, it's it's just it works so well for us to talk about preaching. Now you might be listening thinking, 
man, we're really going to talk about <laughs> preaching. How do we talk about preaching? Um, well, we're going to explore that a little bit um, here here today and explore why why would God create something like preaching and why is preaching so uh, so important for the church? So, Roger, just to start it off with that question, um, how important would you say the role is of a sermon and or Sunday morning preaching uh, in the life of a believer? Why why would you say that it's important that a believer comes, listens to the preaching of the Word of God, um, subjects themselves to the preaching of, of, of the Word of God? Why, why do you think that's such an important thing? Well, really, the weekly gathering of believers is a routine, I think you, mm-hmm. we could call it, established in the early church in Acts, uh, oriented around the first day of the week when Christ mm-hmm. rose from the dead. Um, so I think we have the roots of it way back then. And the sermon really is that portion of the weekly uh, gathering which focuses specifically on the Word of God, its meaning and application for life. And so that makes that um, aspect of Sunday morning services so vitally important for believers. I think it's vitally important for several reasons. One, that the Holy Spirit works powerfully and, and I think in special ways when God's people are gathered together collectively mm. as opposed mm. to us uh, listening individually. And the Sunday sermon is a time when God speaks through his word into the lives of everyone present, believer or unbeliever for yeah. that matter. Yeah. And then we could also say that the Sunday morning sermon is a vital teaching moment when the preacher can explain and show its relevance of the ancient text mm. to a modern reader or listener mm. in this mm. case. And so many Christians today, you know, sadly don't read or study their Bibles. Um, mm. They don't study much, some of them, if at all. And so the Sunday sermon might be the only exposure to the scriptures all week. That's sad, but it's true. Yeah, yeah. And so even if you're diligent in daily devotional time and you take the Word of God seriously and you study it for yourself throughout the week, the Sunday morning sermon is still a focal point for Mm. the congregation. It's a congregational learning time Mm. when the Spirit of God, through the preacher, can address uh, issues through the Word which need to be addressed in our individual lives and congregational life. Mm -hmm. Now... This kind of just leads, I think, naturally um, into our next question. But um, with technology these days, it's it's so easy to find preachers that we like and preachers that we don't like. You know, wouldn't it be enough for us as believers to just listen to our favorite preachers online? Uh, why is it so important that we gather to hear the word preached? Um, especially, we're coming out of a season of COVID and pandemic and right. churches going online. Right. Um, and there is some concern there as to how that, you know, how that's going to play out in the church, like as, um, like as time goes on, but why, why would coming to gather, sit under the preaching of the word be such a, such an essential thing when I can just listen to the, the service online? Well, there's a great difference, isn't there, between our individual, um, study or listening to sermons from our collective listening uh, and learning mm-hmm. from sermons. There, there is this special dynamic, I think, mm-hmm. to a congregational worship service, which is absent in online services. 
um, Jesus established the church on earth as his body to collectively worship him. Collective worship of God has always been true of God's people from the beginning, Mm -hmm. you know, from the days of Israel on forward to us. It's always been important that they gather collectively with God in their midst. And we gather together every week with Christ in our Mm -hmm. midst. Now, I think we often forget that we are gathered in his presence. And so uh, that's something that you don't have when you are listening online uh, to a sermon individually. So collective worship is a, for me, is a non-negotiable part of the Christian life and experience, which individual worship cannot replace. You, You know, so having established the church on earth as his body, we not only are called to worship him collectively, but we're called to continue his mission in the world collectively. And so in order to do that, uh, surely it makes sense that the church should meet together uh, for fellowship, for ministry, and instruction. This is clear in the early church. If, you know, if you look at Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, it says that they engaged together. It was that togetherness and that unity which was so powerful to the outside world. And so they, collect, they gathered together in, it says, continually in learning, fellowship, worship, prayer, and unified ministry, which consisted of caring for others and testimony and evangelism. So uh, biblically, we certainly uh, have a mandate to gather together. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I love, I love that. And something that you mentioned a few times in your answer there was, considering um considering the coming together of hearing the word preached as as worship now what would you say to the person that thinks okay well you know worship h- how is listening to preaching worship like i'm not doing anything right. i'm just sitting there and and wh- why do i need to be a part of that right. um like i understand singing is worship but right. how well why would we say that preaching is is as well Well, because preaching is based on the authority and the importance and the relevance of Scripture, and Scripture Mm -hmm. is where we learn about God. (laughs) And so the the ultimate end of preaching is to generate, to evoke worship Mm -hmm. because we now know God more than we did before. We now have a relationship with Christ in a way that perhaps we didn't have prior to the sermon yeah that that's the focus so that's why it's such an integral part it's not just music and right. singing yeah important yeah. as that is yeah <laughs> it's not just prayer important as that is but there's this component of the word that's the authority for in which we meet that's the authority mm-hmm. for what we do and believe and the preaching of the word just reinforces mm-hmm. this is what we believe this is who we worship these are the instructions that we are to obey and, and so all of that becomes uh, such an important part of yeah. our collective yeah. gathering. So is that why you would say, too, maybe that's why we have the sermon where we do? Now, we're not going into the fine details of the order of service and right. how many songs versus right. this or that. Right. But, I mean, y- you know, you show up at a church service, you sing a couple songs, right. you might pray and read some scripture, and then all of a sudden there's this huge chunk of... Right of preaching and, and we're, we're committed to that here at Grace Bible Church and right. I know you are as well, but yeah. 
is that one of the reasons why we would say that that's that's important for a church? Yeah, it, for sure. It has it's it it has the central place. Yeah. In our Sunday morning service, mm. um, there is nothing. I think this is fair to say nothing more important than the scriptures. That's our authority for being here. That's our authority for who we are. Mm. That we've staked our lives on it. We've staked our eternity on what the scriptures say. So, yeah, for sure, that's the central focus and importance of the Sunday morning service. Some people think of the music as being just a prelude to yeah. the to the sermon. That's not true. Yeah, you know, it it it's as important and it's and it's and it's as integral mm-hmm. as the preaching. But because the preaching is based upon and is a declaration of the truth of Scripture, we give yes. it that central place. Yes, amen. Well, thank you. Yeah, I think we just solved all the world problems <laughs> here. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> well, that, that actually uh, concludes our time here today with, uh, with Dr. Pascal. This is part one of a two-part series we're going to do with Dr. Pascal um, concerning preaching and its role in the church and its role in the life of the believers. So looking forward to continuing this conversation in part two. And in part two, we're even going to explore the idea of how can you listen well when a uh, preacher is uh, is boring or maybe isn't as engaging as we'd like them to be or isn't quite the way that we would prefer a uh, preacher to be. So looking forward to um, having more of this discussion. So check back with us next week for part two. In the meantime, you can check us out online at gospelcenteredrest.ca.